We've been about this work, diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, shared through the voices of a white woman and a black man. We bring lived experiences. We have pursued DNI progress for most of our professional lives. We use Crazy and the King to cover news, tips from colleagues, and host incredible guests. Listeners, count on Julie and I to transparently drive the conversation. We thank you for rocking with us. Check it. Check it. Julie, kick off the show. Welcome to Crazy and the King. Man, let me tell you something. How do you feel about counter offers? You know, I'm kind of skipping the pleasantries <laughs> because I'm getting to the get. Like, getting to the get, how do you feel about counter offers? As long tell as the I'm, truth. As long tell as the as truth. I'm not working there already, right? If it's a counter offer to my negotiation on new employment, that's that's feasible because women are terrible negotiators and they expect us not to counter so we have to counter as a rule okay um okay which is why that sucks but anyway um if i work there and i'm leaving a counter offer is a big fat fuck you not happening yeah yeah absolutely i agree with you one thousand percent and of course i asked because nicole hannah jones ran through the news Mm. this week and bottom line is she gave us a clinic a lesson on why we probably should not consider uh, counter offers. But before we talk about Nicole Hannah-Jones, speaking of taking a stand, the women in machine learning have done the same. And I don't know if you saw that tweet, uh, but you can find them over on Twitter at WIML Workshop. It's the women in machine learning. They've taken a stand. Did you see the tweet? I did. Um, First, you can definitely tell it was written by people in machine learning and not marketers. Uh, (laughs) Wait a minute. minute. Was that like a little soft jab? Was that a jab? That was was a jab. That was a jab. Yeah, a little bit of shade. She threw a little bit of shade. She she threw a little bit of shade. So, so women in women in machine learning, we love you. We've never (laughs) mentioned you on Crazy and the King, but if you got a partner, uh, a colleague, a cousin of a cousin who's listening, we are not hating on you we just said you all are extremely smart on twitter (laughs) yes also that um so no money from google no money from amazon for their events their sponsorships all that cool stuff certainly standing on their principles absolutely standing on the principles and all of this stems from you know the fallout from the ethical ai team over at google when dr timnet gabru was fired uh, unceremoniously and a number of other people were either let go or have since quit the team. And what they simply said is the bottom line is we don't like the way that you have been treating your employees. We don't necessarily need your money. Well, we may need it, but we'll figure out a way to do without it. That's what I call standing on principle. Now, we got this issue out in California with some flying tortillas. Um, and, and let me tell you something. This this right here is reminiscent of when some of the soccer players or football, as they say, internationally are on the field playing. And folks like I think there was a story like a year or so ago, fans were throwing bananas down on a black soccer player. I remember. I remember. That's, I, some, bu- that's some bullshit. Yeah, I read I read this article. Um, and it's been a while since one's made me mad enough to like come out the seat, but this one made me come out the seat. It, it's rough. why. Tell me why. Tell me why. I think For the, you. the main things are right is that it's white people, right? This town is twenty four thousand people. Eighty eight percent, I think, was the number 
are white and they are going to like just arm themselves in this robe of of righteousness and patriotism and critical race theory bullshit um and they're already fucking white like you, yeah. you you don't even have racial diversity in your town to be throwing this fit about it has yeah. no impact on your life and you're just going to be an asshole sorry yeah and just for clarity, you know, Julie is not saying that critical race theory is bullshit. Oh, no, 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 She's no. saying that the people raising the ire and having such a grave concern around critical race theory, that in and of itself is bullshit. And so yes. the reason I shared the story is because Julie's right. It was at a basketball game. Um Last year, well, well, actually, it was a basketball game this year, and fans started throwing tortilla shells at a largely Hispanic Latina Latino Latin team. I'm 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 messing that up, but the bottom because I'm I'm like angry. How do you go to a game and throw tortilla shells at high school ball players? The story you don't have to believe us. The story is in the San Diego Union Tribune. It's before tortilla incident, Coronado residents clashed over racial equity efforts. Now, I'm kind of mixing two things up because that particular story is really talking about the larger issue. The larger issue is uh, akin to what Julie just described. The superintendent in that school district said, we need to be doing something. I'm committed to making sure that our faculty, that we are teaching about racial equity in our schools in this largely white uh, community is like, oh, hell no, you're not. No, we're we, we not doing that. We're we not having that. And here's what, really, here's what really trips me out, Jay. They don't want you removing Confederate statues because they say that you are erasing history. But when you try to come in and teach history around race, they want, to they don't that want racism, that either. Right. Yeah, they that's don't, they don't want that either. Yeah. That, that's racism. Yeah. And, well, and I think it's funny. I was actually reading an article yesterday that Fox news mentioned critical race theory 123 times in half a day half a day of programming, right? A, they're not even talking about critical race theory. They're talking, they're using critical race theory as a broad cover. It's like the transgender bathroom issue, right? This broad cover to make all non-white washed history, anything that's critical of what we've done as a nation to be portrayed as racism. and critical race theory and it's it's taken off like wildfire just like the transgender bathroom incident is like i know they're pulling off this stuff it is the most it's such a brilliant way if we're being honest of how racists work like what i've learned in the last year is that Racism is, or racists, let me put it that way, they function with rage on what's happening to them or rage on what they're being accused of. And so anything 
that is a comeback to like, hey, maybe you shouldn't give your children burritos to throw on the damn floor at the basketball game, right? And then then we're saying, well, it was an insensitive activity. No, that was fucking racism. That wasn't insensitive. It wasn't ill culturally timed. It was racism. You didn't give your kids hot dogs. You didn't give your kids spaghetti. You gave them burritos to throw on the floor in celebration of beating a Latin team, right? But then everyone wants to come back and say, well, it might not have been culturally the right thing to do, but we didn't mean it to be racism. And now you're attacking me because you're saying I'm a racist. And that's the brilliance because then we back off. We say things like insensitive and we say things like um, unconscious bias, unconscious bias, or what was the alt uh, the alt supremacists or whatever we were calling neo-Nazis who wanted a new cool label put on them because we're not just man enough as white people to go, that's fucking racist. And it's not my job to make you feel comfortable. You're not working on making anyone else feel comfortable. No. However, we do have some folks that are making people feel comfortable and real quick we'll talk about walmart i love the fact that and mind you i got some issues with walmart but in this instance i want to give them a hand clap walmart actually signed up and they're going to support doula services in their benefit packages uh are you familiar with the term doula d-o-u-l-a yes. awesome yes love it now i'll tell you i didn't know that there was a national black doula association and that association is really around because of the infant mortality rates for mm-hmm. black women during pregnancy and i just thought it was a plus for the organization to say listen we are going to customize how many times have we talked about if we want to build equity in our organizations yep. you may need to you know you may need to look at your benefit packages a little bit differently This is a beautiful example of them uh, evaluating their benefit package and saying, wait a minute, we can add something in. Um, It's something that all women that are uh, expecting can take advantage of, but we are purposefully doing it because we know that there's an audience that really is experiencing uh, abnormal loss. Uh, uh, Just, I love the fact that they were intentional. That that's really yep. all that all I could say about that. Well, and this was I think this is a really interesting one because you like me or I like you um, have issues with Walmart, right? You know, we're ready to go after the big guys most of the time if if we need to. So I went into this story thinking I'm going to find the rub, right? I'm going to find the the BS meter here. And I really didn't, Um, you know, starting it in Georgia, Georgia has one of the highest infant mortality rates in the country, along with the rest of the South. Um, Any any employee over 30 hours a week is eligible for benefits at Walmart. Um, And actually, it's just reading um, something that Walmart is to become more competitive taking, I think, like 70 percent of their part time staff and moving them into full time time roles so they can have better benefits, have more access, all of those things. Um, And when you pair that with the fact that Walmart has now, again, for anyone with benefits, so 30 hours and above, can get 16 weeks of paid maternity and parental leave as an associate. Um, I'm still mad at Walmart because sometimes I'm, uh, I think we pay the welfare checks or the, the 
uh, checks of people who are working there because they don't pay good enough. However, this is good shit. Yeah, so. this is a good one. This this really is a good one. And I think that more organizations, you know, as we wrestle with the hybrid and mm-hmm. return to work and, you know, what these policies are looking like, you know, for the remainder of this year and in the years to come, I think more organizations are going to say, Let, let's find a different way to customize the benefits of those that, you know, volunteer their time. That because that's the way that I see it. I see working really as being voluntary. I know that there's an exchange mm-hmm. of money. I know that people, um, I, I just feel like working is voluntary. Like I choose to work with you. I, yes. I don't have to work with this particular organization. I, I'm here because there's some affinity. I like the mission. I like the, the, the product or the services, if you will. So I feel like working in many ways is voluntary. And this is a good story. I love the fact that Walmart is doing it. And I hope that a lot more organizations decide to do the same. Now, what I would like to see um, when I said that I'm a little angry with them, you know, Walmart is one of those companies that has not kept their pledge to not give money to the Republican Party yeah. as a result of what happened on uh, January 6th. And yes. You know, when I think about January 6th and some of the other organizations, uh, Pfizer's another one who has not mm-hmm. kept their pledge to not give money. Delta. AT&T, I believe, is Coca-Cola. one. Delta is one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, uh, yep. There you go. So I, I feel like there are a number of organizations where they say what's beautiful in the public at that particular moment. But then we have short memories and, yep. you know, we don't remind them of what they said was important uh, and they can kind of skirt and get around that on the backside. Uh, so, again, a plus for Walmart and, yes. you know, signing up for the doula services. We absolutely appreciate you. So real quick, I want to give um, I want to give some love to Nicole Hannah Jones before we go to our, our commercial break from Jobvite. We absolutely love the the folks over at Jobvite. Uh, but she says, quote, I spent my entire life proving that I belonged in elite white spaces that were not built for black people. I got a lot of clarity through what happened with the University of North Carolina. I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. End quote. That is Nicole Hannah-Jones, investigative journalist, Pulitzer Prize winner, former MacArthur fellow, night chair in race and investigative journalism at now Howard University. She is the inaugural night chair in race and investigative journalism. Real quick, before we do the break, just just what do you think when you saw all of this unfold this week? Um, I, I was thrilled for for. Hannah Jones, I think that she has bared the brunt of so much backlash, whether it was in the newsroom at the New York Times, whether it was in in her social media, and then the biggest cut to, you know, as a professor to not get tenure when you have Pulitzer Prizes and you have like this amazing scope of work purely because you're pushing something that someone else is not comfortable with just broke my heart. And it, I mean, let's be honest, it's, it's a huge loss for the students at the University of, of North Carolina. They have lost out on one of the great minds of our time. But I saw another tweet uh, that said, you know, don't, don't stay in places you're only tolerated. Flock to places where you're celebrated. And that's what she's going to have at Howard. That's what she deserves. I just look forward to a lot of really great pieces going forward. Yeah. And again, for those of you who 
perhaps were not following the story. Not only did uh, Howard University uh, capture uh, the presence of Nicole Hannah-Jones, but they also got this week Ta-Nehisi Coates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you talk about black brilliance, when you talk about black excellence, when you talk about incredible, incredible writers, people that are gifted with a keyboard, beautiful minds, like Julie said, when you talk about people that can take your aspiration, nurture it and make something even more incredible happen for you, these people, these young folks at Howard University are going to feel it. But not only at just at Howard University, their presence at Howard is going to vibrate throughout the HBCU community. And I believe that a number of other HBCU institutions are going to benefit from that. I also believe that while the students may not have direct interaction with Nicole Hannah-Jones and ta you know, because I don't know how much they're going to be uh, placed into a classroom, I, I just feel like their presence, just that aura of having them in that orbit is going to do wonders for journalism, hopefully for for years to come. So I'm extremely happy for Nicole Hannah-Jones, for uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, for Howard University, the entire HBCU community. And I'm happy for you and I because we have an incredible sponsor in that of Jobvite. Let's listen to what they have to okay, say. Okay, okay, real quick. Jobvite is taking you on a TA road trip all summer long during the Summer to Evolve road trip. That was a little bit redundant, but the bottom line is they are rocking this eight-week series of educational content designed specifically for TA and recruiting professionals just like you and I. Each and every week, There'll be three short sessions aimed at helping you to hone your skills, helping you to improve existing processes and inspire new ideas from some of the greatest minds in TA. You'll explore topics such as building talent pools to support rapid hiring, the TA metrics driving business outcomes, and leveraging recruitment technology to help you find and hire top talent faster. Gotta quickly mention, Great prizes, fun road trip games, and exciting surprises. You can get all of that if you start mapping out your road trip journey today at jobvite.com forward slash summer. Again, that is jobvite.com forward slash summer. So Tor and I, I didn't, uh, I don't think I mentioned on the show last week that I was able to participate in the Summer to Evolve, which is um, what we are showcasing for Jobvite right now. I was on the Two for Tuesday or Two Talented Tuesday with um, Johanna Lucas, and it was awesome. One, great attendance, great hosts, but like a really good conversation about remote cultures versus those cultures that are pushing back and saying we really need to have our butts in the seat. Um, and how you live with those very different employer brands, structures and cultures and the advantages and disadvantages of both. So if you haven't been on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of Job Bites, um, Summer to Evolve, free, well worth your time. It, definitely check it out. Prizes, special guests. Yes. Come on. Word of the day with prizes. It, it's good stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So July is disability uh, pride month. Now I got to tell you right hand to God. I didn't know that July was disability pride month. Oh, right so hand to I God. Lo- I forget every year that it's disability uh, pride month. So let bad. me tell you. And, and when I saw, when I saw the, the first tweet, you know, like June 30th, July 1st, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm scurrying to Google 
because I'm like, what have I been missing? Like, as long as I've been operating in this space, of course, I knew Pride Month. Mm -hmm. I had just not run into anything, or at least my memory didn't share, uh, remind me that July was Disability Pride Month. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So Disability Pride Month, always July, um, started, gosh, not even that long ago in Boston in 1990. So 31 years ago, roughly, if I can do math right. Um, but it's actually an international celebration. There are disability pride groups all over um, the country and the world. I was actually looking for events near me, um, found one in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is an hour and a half. Um, and, and really, they're just to promote inclusion, awareness, and visibility. But what I like the most that I heard from Disability Pride New York City is that they're redefining the public perception of disability, right? Whoa, 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 stop there. That Because I do like that. You know, when we, when they say redefining, first of all, did that come from an organization, like a community group, an association, or did that come from the city itself? So that it is the organization, Disability Pride New York City. Got it, got it, got it. And and so I think as long as we really in the talent community for for people with disabilities and the advocacy advocacy community, we need to constantly be redefining that perception, right? We need to move from a medical model, which is what's broken and what can I fix to a social model in that the world should be built for all of us in the most universal way and and visible pride days just like LGBTQ pride are critical because in your face, joy and, and, and satisfaction with who we are, what we bring to the table and not hiding in that corner, asking for our spot anymore. Um, and I'm going to challenge the companies that listen to us. I can't think of one company myself included. I have failed my community in properly celebrating disability pride month. So we go from June and we rock pride, right? My kid is LGBTQ. I am rocking pride. We're doing it every single year, no matter what fall on my face in July. And so mm. I'm holding myself accountable to us, to you and I, and all of our listeners. I will never miss another July. I will never yeah, not, I'll not participate, but we should challenge the people that listen to do so. Oh, absolutely. We do challenge you all. But I want to pause there for just a moment, because in retrospect, you think back to one of the things that I shared last month. And what I said was I didn't post anything on social media uh, during the month of June for Pride Month because I felt like I have a responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in that responsibility, I recognize that I'll have some shortcomings, that I'm going to make some mistakes. And one of those shortcomings was, wow, I have a creative team. I didn't, I didn't properly plan to meter out creative to support Pride Month. So I didn't want to just kind of like be haphazard. I didn't want to mm -hmm. just throw a Band-Aid on it. But I revealed that last month. Yeah. I revealed this month, didn't even know about July's Disability Pride Month. You revealed that you forget about it. And, and here's the pin that I want to put in. And when we challenge you as listeners, we're challenging you to be equally as transparent and honest that we're not critiquing you, criticizing you because you might have a shortcoming. Mm 
We're not critiquing, criticizing you because you may not be as steeped in DEIB as Julie and I. You may not read and or tweet as many articles as we do, as many headlines as we do. This is not a competition. But what we do know is that if you are honest in your shortcoming, in that transparency, that's where you can experience the growth. And so when Julie says she's taking the challenge and embracing it while issuing it to each and every one of you, that's done out of love. Like we just want to be better. And just imagine if every single listener that we have says, you know what? We heard on Crazy and the King this and we can do more. Or we heard on Crazy and the King and this is what we promise to do for the remainder of July. It would be incredible to just see all of these Crazy and the King hashtags and what you're going to do for July Disability Pride Month. As a matter of fact, that's what the challenge should be, Jay. Nope, I agree. Every, so everybody listening. Yep, everybody listening. Drop uh, uh, what you're going to do or something that you've learned. Uh, some, tag somebody. Just do something for Disability Pride Month and put hashtag crazy and the king. We want to do that. But you learned something. You learned about the flag. Yes. So I didn't know we had a flag and it's pretty badass. I'm not going to lie. Um, it'll be the cover art for this week's show. And I'll also post it on our Instagram no uh, and, and Facebook. But so it's a ba- a black background field, right? And that represents um, people with disabilities who lost their lives, not just due to Ill- uh, like illness, but being neglected, suicide and eugenics. But then it gets really bold with a lightning bolt that represents the non-lateral lives that many people uh, who have disabilities live or how they even have to adapt themselves or their physical routes to get around an inaccessibility, an inaccessible society. That really sat tight with me. And then like the lightning bolt has different colors that represents us, mental illness, cognitive and intellectual disabilities, sensory perception and physical disabilities. So an all-inclusive flag for our team, I'm actually going to be shopping for one probably on Amazon here in a few minutes, but we're going to be getting out some some information about the flag and different pride events um, and just education. And, you know, we can't be perfect. I think that's the thing that I love most about our conversations is that you and I are very honest about what we don't know. And when we muck it up, we say so. And so many people in, in our world are afraid to do that. And I, I dropped a ball, but I'm not going to drop the ball again. And I'm going to tell you that I'm going to do better. And that's the only thing that I can do. And so let's get some some action around disability pride. Yeah. So a couple of quick mentions before we get out of here uh, over on the knowledge at Wharton uh, knowledge at Wharton podcast. Well, newsletter, I should say, maybe it's a website. Maybe it's the Knowledge at Wharton website. In any event, um, my dear friend, uh, Dr. Stephanie Creary, I call her doctor. It's Stephanie Creary, but I call her Dr. Stephanie Creary. She did a podcast with um, scholars Ella Bell Smith and Stella Como. Uh, It's spelled N-K-O-M-O, Stella, N-K-O-M-O, about their seminal book, Our Separate Ways. And here's something that really stuck out. It's an hour-long listen. Uh, I highly, highly, highly encourage you all to listen to the podcast. We'll make sure we put a link in. But uh, Dr. Smith said in her in, in the interview, she said, I was told constantly, you're not going to get tenure. There's that word tenure again. Um, black woman. 
Think Nicole Hannah-Jones. Dr. Smith said, you're not going to get tenure. This book is not going to get you where you need to be. You need to do other articles. You can do your book later in your career. Uh, People don't realize we had to fight. That's what she said. She's now 74, 75 years old, and she's talking about and making reference to a book that originally came out in 2001, and now they are releasing it in 2021, 20 years later, and how much has not changed for Black women in corporate America. So it's called Black Women Leaders Navigating the Intersection of Gender and Race. Also, uh, my dear friend here in Baltimore, her name is Veronica Cool. You can find her on Twitter at Vero, V-E-R-O, Vero Cool. Uh, She's got a Hispanic Heritage Month toolkit. Now, why am I telling you about this in July? So that you don't make the same mistake that Julie and I made in July. Hispanic Heritage Month is September 15th. Through October 15th, she's put together an incredible downloadable kit uh, that you all can take advantage of inside of your organization. You can find it at HispanicToolkit.com. Again, HispanicToolkit.com. And Jay, you have some info on the How to Be an Ally Summit, right? Yes. So from our guest a few months ago, Deanna Singh, How to Be an Ally, I'd say it's a must-attend summit. Some of my team and I are going from our parent company Discount code, especially for Crazy and the King listeners, C-A-T-K-A-L-L-Y-10. Yeah, and you know, Jay says something for Crazy and the King listeners. So you can help us with that. Like you can share crazyandtheking.com. You can tell people they can find it on iTunes and other places where podcasts are uh, heard. But you can also Tell them, go to the How to Be an Ally Summit and use the discount code C-A-T-K-ALLY, the number 10. Your name drop? Um, so mine this week to Ruby Jones, who is a student at Exeter University or college in um, Exeter, England. Uh, she is the VP of Welfare and Diversity for the Student Chamber, like they call it a guild, but a student guild. And she is a person with a disability. And I've just kind of been watching her campaign for this VP of welfare and diversity. And she's pretty badass. So she's my name drop. Young, cool chick with a disability who is super proud of who she is. In fact, so much that I emailed her today and asked her if she would come on the show. Boom. And my name drop is to Michael Heller. Michael and I, we rock every Friday at 5 p.m. on Clubhouse. So I know you're listening to the pod. Grab your calendar, make a note, 5 p.m. Eastern. We have conversations organically around topics dealing with diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So is there anything that we need to do around those closing remarks or you want me to take us home? No? Okay, I'll take us home. So here's what I'll do. Uh, How about we go with... I close reminding each and every one of you to be a better human, build better teams, better departments, better business units, better organizations, be better humans, like just simply be better humans. It's really not all that hard for you to not be racist, to not be an aggressor, to not be a bully, to not be toxic. You can just be a better human. Think twice about how it is that you interact with things that are said to you, things that are done to you. 
and think twice about things that you say to others and things that you do to others. For now, Jay and I are ghosts. See ya. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.